0: And welcome back to the Learn to Code podcast. I am currently outside from the city. I'm not on my hometown. Um, I came with my family to uh, family travel, so I'm currently on the mountains nearby Hiko. That's the name of the town, and we're in a ranch in the outskirts of the city. So. Uh, I do have internet here, thanks to my cell phone, Uh, but the broadband here uh, is really low, so I wonder if this is going to reach you in time before um, New Year's Eve. I guess that you can hear that there is a lot of wind here. Um, There is a lot of wind, Uh, the air is really cold is coming down from the mountain. Uh, there is a mountain nearby because the Orizaba is cold and it's really cold. Uh, I'm covered from head to toe with a lot of gear uh, to endure the cold, but uh, it's so cold that my, I came here with my wife, but uh, she didn't endure uh, too long. So a couple of nights and she was just, uh, she, she just got enough of this and she decided to return alone to the city. So, uh, so she basically uh, just left me here. I'm um, uh, staying here with my family. Um, I was thinking ab- about uh, the things to come. I'm going to face the new year jobless again. <laughs> so this is going to be my second year in a row without a job, starting the year without a job. I do have a couple of uh, interviews to do. Um, well, the wind has stopped now. Uh, I am starting to feel some heat from the sun, thankfully. Um, the wind comes and goes here, Well, never mind that. Well, uh, my wife left yesterday in the morning so she's not going to be here sharing the New Year's Eve uh, with me. So, but never mind. I do have my family here. Uh, although I just found out that I do really enjoy just be here alone by myself on the on the cabin. Um, we are all aside. my parents and my um, and my brother-in-law are uh, sleeping over uh, a house um Over the hills, so the house is built from regular material, you know bricks uh, cement uh, cement um, so I've been told that that house is really is really uh warm in during the night and I am residing here in the in, in a little cabin here, a couple of hundred meters away uh, and the and the freezing cold. Feels really uh, hard here. It's hitting hard during the night, so I really need to take care of my, <laughs> of of covering all my body uh, with the blankets, and and after that I don't really feel too bad. Uh, but if I need to get up to go to the to the bathroom, uh, then <laughs> I am starting to feel the the freezing cold again. But other than that, um, I enjoy being here by myself. Uh, I was with my wife, but now that I am, I am actually alone, um, I find myself some time to record this podcast. Um, right now, I'm looking at uh, downhill. Uh, the view is wonderful here. Nature is really something that you cannot just appreciate through, through a computer screen or any other screen, not even a picture, yeah, watching this live, it's wonderful. I can barely see the mountains on the far, uh, on the far uh, side. Uh, way back, I can, I can see the silhouettes of the mountains, but there is a really dense cloud of mist that doesn't really allow me to see the details on the mountain itself. There are a lot of big birds uh, flying around. I don't think they are eagles stay they, they are way too big to be eagles and I believe there are some sort of condor or we call them here sopilote, but I don't believe it, uh, it's a condor it's way too big for that. Never mind um there are some horses around here uh the sound of the river is really something too. um I went down the river and the water is really, really, really cold, uh, and it looks pretty clear to me. It doesn't seem to be contaminated or polluted with anything. Uh, It's crystal clear. You can actually see the bottom of the the river, and the water is really cold. Uh, I've been told that uh, the water is actually coming from, from from the ice in the mountains, so when the sun comes up, uh, so a part of the ice is be- is being melted, and that creates the water that comes down from the mountain here. So that would explain why the water is so clean and and so transparent. Uh, well, thankfully, I bring uh, courses here, and I may like to talk about that. So I took myself uh, with the laptop that I was. Given from my previous work, from my previous employer, and actually, uh, after I was let go, uh, I was waiting for maybe some email or maybe some, uh, some sort of phone call or Zoom meeting or something like that, asking for the laptop that they uh, allowed me to have. Um, it is a, a, a beaten up MacBook Pro. From way back in the day, uh, it's a mid 2012 model. Um, it's it's really old. It's so old that it it actually has the FireWire uh, uh, port. I believe it's FireWire FireWire 800. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a a port that uh, Apple patented way back in the day, and it was supposed to be. Uh, the port that was going to beat uh, USB-1 in a speed, obviously. Uh, It did happen. The port was really fast. And for some time, musicians used it to to connect audio interfaces uh, to the MacBook Pro or any other computer that actually used the port. Uh, I still have an audio interface from way back in 2010 that actually uses that port. And I just uh, <laughs> picked that up uh, and, and connected it. I still have the cables. So I connected it to the, to the laptop and it works just fine. Uh, the issue is that I no longer see any purpose in to use it because um, the audio interface is basically just converting the analog signal from the audio uh, into digital signal for the audio. So I do own right now uh, Zoom Lightrack L8, which is three devices in one. It is a mixer, uh, a, a really good mixer, may I say, for me. And it also is an audio interface with way better quality. And it is uh, and it's an audio recorder. So I can do... Um, I can use it as an audio interface with my Windows PC, and at the same time I can use it as a, to record audio. So I'm basically having a backup, a backup audio inside the mixer itself. It records everything on a on an SD card. Um, I I am using a 128 uh, gigabytes um, SD card. Uh, but the mixer can can use up until 512, I believe. 520, I don't remember. Well, the thing is, uh, I do have something way better than that, so I'm not really using it. Uh, I was actually planning to bring my podcast studio here, but um, the space was very limited, so I wasn't able to do so. But I got my lavalier microphone, and I'm recording this episode there. Anyway, so as I was saying, so I decided to bring a laptop that the, my previous employer gave me. Uh, it's a MacBook Pro, mid-2012. And I bring it, and, and, and it's the only laptop that I do have right, right now. I am not a laptop guy. But, uh, well, because uh, most of the time, I spend my time on my uh, desktop PC. Um I spent a lot of money on that. I got several uh PCs already. Uh, I do own uh two PCs right now. One is for my wife and the other one is for me for myself. I am planning on to getting a couple more. But the important thing is uh getting back I am deviating again. Um the thing is that I'm going to I, I just bring my laptop here. Uh, or the company's laptop is weird because I don't I no longer work for them. They already let let me go. So uh but they didn't ask for the laptop back so yet. So I bring it to the travel with me and I downloaded um bring the the some co uh, a couple of courses important courses for me. Uh the first one is uh, from Udemy is the uh how, the, how is it called the AWS Cloud Formation course I don't remember the name of the author right now. Uh, He's French, and uh, it's a really good course for me. Obviously, uh, since it's AWS, I'm not able to try out uh, the course itself. Uh, Basically, CloudFormation is a service that allows me to create uh, stacks composed of AWS services. So um, I'm creating this uh, via creating um, uh, these templates. The templates can be built in a couple of ways. Um, The most easiest easiest one is using the CloudFormation um, graphical user interface, which basically is just drag and drop services into a white canvas. And then you can just copy and paste the code uh, of the template uh, and save it to a file. The second one is writing the the template files yourself. Um, For writing the template files, you have a couple of options. The first one is JSON files. Um, You know JSON format. You can write down your your template using JSON. But the chosen option for the course was YAML. Uh, So YAML is a a text format similar to JSON. in my opinion, it's a better option instead of using JSON, because it's basically the same com- comparison between XML and JSON. JSON is better for me because it's simple to read and write. Uh, and this is the same case, but with, an, with a better option. We do have YAML, and YAML, in my opinion, is a better option other than JSON uh, compared to JSON. So I find myself writing YAML way easier and understanding uh, YAML way easier with large files uh, instead of using JSON. JSON uses curly braces to define blocks, uh, uh, objects, may I say, uh, in JSON objects. And YAML, you don't use curly braces for doing that. You actually use the Python way of doing things in the, you use indentation in order to establish the blocks themselves. So basically, if you want to define something inside something else, you just use indentation. And that way, uh, you can define um, and and see clearly uh, which thing is inside which thing. Uh, Very uh, Is human readable? Yes. I really like it. And uh, the course is using that. And at the start, obviously, I resisted a little bit for a couple of videos because I already know JSON. But once I tried out uh, YAML and and I uh, look, uh, I Google a couple of websites that allow me to convert JSON to YAML and vice versa. So I figured out that the YAML version of the same file is way easier to read, write, and understand, basically. So. I dedicated myself to learn YAML during the course, and it paid up very well. So I was um, I was uh, almost at the end of the course on cloud formation. So uh, in an afternoon, uh, after my family activities, I was able to just sit down on the restaurant. There's a restaurant across the uh, across the cabin. So I sat down and asked for a couple of coffees. Uh, the coffee here is really weak. I don't feel the caffeine-charged coffee that I'm used to. Um, I don't know why. Maybe they use very little coffee, or maybe they are brewing the coffee in such a way that uh, I'm getting a very weak coffee on the surface, maybe, and everything is on the uh, um, below. Uh, I don't know. But the thing is, um, I sit down on, on the restaurant, and I started watching the videos, and... Uh, I wasn't able to. I was not able to try out the code because there is no internet here besides my cell phone internet, and the broadband here is really bad. So um, the thing is, I was able to. I was able to uh, complete the course. Um, I was writing a couple of files uh, to try out YAML. Um, But other than that, I was not able to actually connect to AWS and try all the things. I'm going to be doing that uh, next Monday, uh, which I believe is going to be January 2, 2021. So, way past uh, New Year's Eve. And the thing is, um, I do have another course. And this other course is for the AWS. DevOps certification, because I figure uh, why not just go directly for the DevOps certification then if I'm dedicating my time on this course. And I didn't say why I am actually learning CloudFormation. So let me tell you about it. So um, the CloudFormation course was something very interesting, uh, quite easy to understand. And doesn't require a lot or it doesn't, it doesn't really have requirements to actually learn AWS Cloud formation, other than have a reference or for the other services in the AWS platform. Um, having said that, I just figured that I really, um, I don't really know a lot of services in the AWS cloud. I just know uh, some of the basic ones. Uh, For example, S3, which is a simple storage service, which is basically um, uh, file systems uh, accessible from the internet. So you can can say that they are um, hard drives or NAS attached to the internet that you can access and put uh, files uh, onto. you can uh, basically it's, it's being used for pictures, documents, you know, PDF, HTTP, uh, HTML documents, websites, and you can just store your, your non-dynamic HTML website there, and you already hosting you are already hosting a website now, and very simple stuff. Uh, you can store pictures. Uh, So you can upload your pictures there and download them later. Even videos, whatever file you want to store, uh, you can call it. uh, It's basically a NAS drive onto the Internet, in this case, into the cloud. Um, Another service is um, uh, Elastic IP, which is basically a service required. uh, The service is basically creating um, a public IP, for my account, for my AWS account to use uh, for another service. For example, if I'm creating yet another service called uh, EC2, which are basically um, Elastic Compute, uh, I don't remember the other C, uh, a, a, they are basically virtual machines on the cloud. So you can use these Elastic IPs, which are basically public IPs, and connect those public IPs to an EC2 instance, which means that your virtual machine now have a public IP that you can address to. Uh, You can use this to share databases maybe. Maybe you're installing a MySQL database inside your virtual machine, and if you assign an elastic IP to that, then you can access uh, that database. Although, I've been told that that's not really the preferred way to do things in the cloud, because uh, there is another service called RDS, which uh, means uh, relational database service, which basically creates uh, relational databases with SQL services enabled and all, and with the SQL engine of your choosing. So you can have uh, Oracle databases, MySQL databases, MariaDB databases, Postgre databases, um, uh, Microsoft SQL Server, uh, whatever uh, SQL database engine you want, you can have it. And Amazon even has its own um, Aurora data, SQL database. So you can choose whatever you want to feel comfortable and directly connect to that database in particular and serve whatever application you want with that database um, or just to process data. And there, there is an ocean of services and resources. Uh, I believe it's around more than 50 services and more than uh, 250 resources in the AWS cloud at the moment. So there is a lot of things to work with. And CloudFormation comes here to allow me to create a stacks, very complex and very big stacks, just like that instantly. As long as I have the template, and the template is just uh, working just fine, if nothing is broken in your template, you can create a template and recreate an entire stack required for an entire system, or even, or even a lot of systems. And if you want to, you know what? I just deploy this, and I want to destroy everything. I don't, I don't need to actually get into any uh, service individually. I can just ask AWS CloudFormation to delete the entire stack. And it's not actually preferred to modify or delete services individually. If you are actually creating them with CloudFormation, you actually delete the entire stack or modify parts of the stack using the template. And uh, I have to say that that's a way easier way of doing things. Because when you are doing a, a really small project, like for example, a website or whatever else, something that you are going to demo, uh, you can create a service. You, you, you are going to need an S3 maybe for the pictures and the HTML. And now you already have uh an static website that you can demo to a to a to a client maybe. You don't need anything else. Uh and for that case, I don't recommend cloud formation, but you can actually use it and make the entire process way easier to deploy in the future. Uh, once you already uh, design your solution in the cloud, you can create a template, or starting with a template will be way better. And create everything, modify everything on the fly, and everything is really uh, quickly to implement and. Even if you are sharing the access to the services with other developers, uh, CloudFormation, has the ability to... CloudFormation has the ability to basically uh, follow on the changes. I believe it's called Drifts in AWS CloudFormation. Uh, and Drifts are basically differences between your CloudFormation template and what is actually running on the cloud. So if you have a, a colleague. That is already uh, modifying instances in EC2 and giving them uh, more RAM, for example, or, or or assigning or changing Elastic IPs, or changing or adding security groups to EC2 instances, something like that. And your template is not aware of that already. You can run a draft and detect such uh, those changes. And from there, you have several options. You can you may have you know what. Uh, maybe that change is really good and I want to implement in my template, you can do that or you can revert that change because it was part of, of a test that went on uh, and you know what? Uh, this guy just uh, modified the stack. He didn't tell me and uh, he tried something, didn't work and l- left the instance modify anyway. He didn't revert back. So I can uh, roll back to a previous state, on my template uh, very easily. And now I see that CloudFormation can give someone like me a job. And um, and actually, I may like to talk about why I'm learning uh, (laughs) CloudFormation in the first place. I learned in AWS CloudFormation because uh, I am applying for several jobs. And the main one that I am really interested in, pretty much for the money, (laughs) is um, a job and uh, Rackspace and they are looking for an AWS uh, DevOps guy that is going to be dedicated to work with AWS CloudFormation. So basically I'm going to be working alongside um, an AWS architect and I'm going to be implementing and uh, fixing things on the cloud um, and I'm going to dedicate my time following uh, his or her uh, architectures, uh, and that's what I'm going to be doing basically. I'm studying for that one. Uh, I just started not knowing anything about cloud formation, uh, but thankfully, this couple of uh, this week, uh, this New Year's uh, from from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve, uh, I'm using this time to relax myself in the mountains and learning about uh, cloud formation. So that's basically why I am uh, learning this. But even if I don't get the job, uh, I'm really glad that I did learn CloudFormation anyway, uh, because I am only a single person. And this tool is going to allow me to save a lot of work and a lot of time that either I will have just uh, used my own time building these uh, very complicated stacks for my projects and to be able to demo the projects to a client is not going to become uh, such a chore anymore because I just found out that there are a lot of people in the community in AWS and they are dedicated to create and, uh, and share uh, the templates. And Even during the course, uh, the teacher is... Uh, is giving up um, a list of GitHub repositories, uh, repositories, and I can find there a lot of uh, tests and proven stacks that I don't need to figure out by myself. I can just copy and paste those stacks to create uh, several projects, for example, websites, database applications, uh, mobile applications, text messaging applications. There is a lot of things there. And I don't even need to understand uh, too deeply the entire stack for every single project. But uh, even with that, I can actually just uh, implement one stack and modify it to my liking or to, or, or to my needs. Uh, because not obviously, not every single uh, not every single project is, is the same. And even messaging applications don't are not working the same. Um, but the thing is, CloudFormation seems to be one of those tools. Um, to the degree of learning Git, for example, uh, which I learned Git way back in the day in 2015, I believe I learned some Git uh, because just because I needed to clone a repository. So I discovered Git by cloning a repository. And after reading about it, there is a lot of free resources for Git. Um, after learning about it way back in 2015, uh, I figured that uh, a lot of problems that I created myself with large projects uh, will be solved by using Git. And I did just that. Uh, and, uh, and there is a lot of resources on Git. But that's another... uh, CloudFormation seems to be on the same degree of Git in the sense that it's going to save me a lot of trouble, a lot of time. And I would be grateful if I was able to learn about it way before (laughs) because uh, since 2017, I've been creating um, uh, entire services based on AWS. And I will be... (laughs) Glad to find out about CloudFormation long before that. Uh, I will save a lot of time because uh, managing a single service in AWS is simple enough. Uh, what I do most of the time is create an, a virtual machine on AWS that's the EC2 um, instance and install everything there using scripts, which, by the way, uh, you can also include your installation scripts inside CloudFormation. So if you want to create an EC2 instance and install PHP, install Git maybe, and you want to install uh, Node.js or whatever else, <coughs> you can use uh, CloudFormation to include all your uh, installation scripts or commands and include that during The installation process of your stack, so it's not going. It's just not going to create the EC2 instance. It's going to be able to run a very complex set of commands right after installing uh, the EC2 instance. So everything can be managed from a single text file in the YAML format. So, uh, uh, well, I am still here on the on the porch of my cabin, uh, looking over yonder. (laughs) Uh, It seems like I can see less of the view now because uh, the mist seems to be getting closer and closer. Now I'm barely seeing the hill down. There is a hill down there that I can barely see now. Uh, The mist keeps coming down and the temperature uh, is warm. It's not really... Freezing cold like, like last night um, But I think that I, I should be going <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to my rambling. Uh, I believe I'm going to be uh, Posting this maybe Monday. I'm going to try to to post it right now and If that doesn't happen, maybe you're going to listen to me uh, right after uh, way in <laughs> the 2021 I'm free of corona I believe I think so <laughs> so I'm not suffering coronavirus right now thankfully uh isolation seems to be the, the 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 working strategy here uh spending less time with humans as possible and uh not exposing myself to <laughs> uh to crowds seems to be the way to go for me to survive here and it's very cheap <laughs> going out is expensive. Um, Being isolated in front of a computer seems to be very cheap. Uh, So I'm going to keep doing that. Thank you for listening and see you and Happy New Year.